I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, God, what is that disgusting smell? Oh, it's me. I've got, um, I've got chronic bowel disorder. I've got nothing to live for. I dreamed about being a movie director, but I smell so bad, no one will come near me. And who's going to give me any money? I've got just the people. Her film project, they support people who are underrepresented in that... Sorry, absolutely stigma. Can you step back a bit? Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. They support people who are underrepresented in the film community. Oh, how do I get in touch with them? Um, Well, this is what you do. You go to at her film project or herfilmproject.com and you get in touch with them or why not follow them on Twitter they help this podcast so that would be a good thing to do wouldn't it yeah yeah it would be now get out of my face you absolutely stink I think people like you should be shot it's time for this well that was a bit extreme what do you think sorry um, um, I realise I've just shot someone because they smell bad which I only partially condone it's still 2018, the bleak start to the year. The sun hasn't been out probably all year and it may never come out again. You probably listen to this thinking, hmm, I need cheering up. Well, you've come to the wrong place. This is Film Fandango, your film podcast, now on about its sixth year. Still maintaining a static number of listeners neither gone up or down most of them probably just downloading it and never listening to it but if you are listening to it hello my name is Marek Larwood um, David Reed is still on paternity leave I mean I don't know he probably thinks it's someone like bloody Sweden the amount of time he's taken off it's take. I mean you probably think it's taking a piss I think it's taking a piss absolutely ridiculous but uh, <laughs> anyway that's not a problem, because I have got, he's, uh, you know, I'm really milking this friend dry. It's everyone's favourite male, white male, 30, almost 30 something comedian. It's Simon Fielder. Oh, what? Again? Back already? Back already. Just what this podcast needs is a, just an injection of enthusiasm in this bleak, bleak January. 
I actually spent um, most of January the 1st to January the 7th in my room. Right, I'm not uh, trying to write stuff. Okay. And I didn't go out on the tube, because we both live in London for people, and I didn't really see anyone for six or seven days, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. Well, that sort so of speaks to your not... personality a bit more, doesn't it? You're, you've got quite a hermit in that regard. I, I think that I really enjoy it. Yeah. I spent um, 90% of January the 1st having a top five hangover. Oh, right. Um, what I would I would almost describe as a career-ending hangover. How many days did it last? I Well, I think I tackled the bulk of it on that day. Um, How did you deal with it? I was in bed for a lot of it. Um, then I got out of bed. Was there, did you expel any uh, fluids? There was a surprise expulsion mm-hmm. mid-afternoon. But you feel so much better once you got out of the way. Yeah, I felt a little bit better. And then... Um, a wild card at the uh, in the evening. My flatmate came back and was like, "I'm going to go and get a Chinese from over the road," and I'd had a hankering. Perfect. I had a Chinese, and do you know what? After that, it was plain sailing straight to bed. That's exactly. <laughs> what, but the MSG can keep you up. Yeah. If you wake up four hours later. I think I was just more excited about putting any food in my stomach and it staying in there. And then I watched a few episodes of Ultimate Beastmaster on Netflix, and that's a, an absolute dream. Uh, we are going to be talking on Netflix today. Hmm. It is in uh, recently. I mean, films like La La Land and Star Wars. It's now properly big films. All the Oscar nominees end up on, or a lot of them end up on Netflix. Yeah, they're not mucking around anymore, are they? They've got almost unlimited money at this point. I think are they going to? Is there going to be some sort of monopoly? thing happening well Amazon's the other thing isn't it so that's probably stopping them from having a Netflix monopoly I think so but I think I don't know what Amazon's going to have to do to get traction because while they are technically a competitor Netflix is so far out ahead at the moment isn't it yeah because it makes its its own stuff and as does Amazon and they also do make some very good and award winning but stuff. you have to pay Amazon Prime to get Amazon to you. You've got Amazon, have you? I do, I do, yes. And was that 70 quid? I think it's like £80 for the year and you get ne- the next day delivery, which is kind of the main selling point. But you but also, you also get... get all the telly and movies. Now, the movie selection is not great, but they do have a few occasional... Like they've got like, um, not Spotlight, um, the other Oscar-winning um, Moonlight... Oh yeah, uh, they have a few sort of big name marquee titles, and then when you drill down a bit, not so much. But some great um, in-house TV shows. All I see is those three car pricks the whole time. Jeremy uh, Clarkson, yeah. and the other two bellends. I forget about that. That's quite a big. Um, I find that off-putting. Big seller for them, isn't it? Yeah, but I suppose it's so internationally huge that that is a good thing for them. Yeah. Um, so, but Netflix now, because I was a sporadic Netflix, sort of, I'll, I'll do a binge for two months, see the good films, and then I'm going to go off it for six months to that. What, just not pay for it? Just stop it, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Old school. And just dip in and out. Yeah, but now... But they just churn out so much stuff, you can't go, you can't go a month, because there'll be like three new shows everyone's talking about. Yeah, so you've had, recently, you've had, um, Stranger Things. Yep. And something I think is even better, Dark. Dark. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, so good. Okay. I was going to start it, but then I started Mindhunter. 
I started that, ago. and then I did the Casa de Papel. I'm watching something called Money Heist, some Spanish okay. heist thing. Um, Any good? It is. The thing is, it's actually better than the stuff on TV. Right. Which is, I do think now Netflix has overtaken the television. The BBC's big thing. Sorry, so we're talking about TV rather than, but we're talking, we're talking about Netflix. But is the is the main thing of today. That's the topic, isn't it? So in the sort of Venn diagram of Netflix. Yes, I've already given a general background. I mean, you want you want the details. I mean, it's like when you start a film, you, you can never kill a character straight off. You have to see him with his family. You need to see invest him. in him. He's stroking his pet, drinking some milk. I mean, when he dies, you think, oh, he was such Very a lovely sad. man. The demise of Netflix didn't see it coming. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, when you see a total stranger die... You need to show and feel any emotion. Uh, very, very difficult to get me stirred up these days. Yeah. I've seen that person married and at le- lose at least one child and then refine their life before it's shattered in front Cruel, of them. stolen from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so we were in a really, really dramatic manner. Oh, I forgot what that's a problem. Netflix, is. There's telly on Netflix, isn't there? And some of it is foreign, e.g. that Spanish thing you're watching and Dark, which I believe is German. Yes, I highly... We don't normally talk about TV programmes, but I highly recommend Dark. Now, let's move on to the main meat of the subject. I mean, uh, we talk, we review, I reviewed Okja, which was one of Netflix's big films, which I sort of didn't... was quite ambitious in its premise and surprising to see Netflix fund a sort of weird indie film. But now we're going... As the cinema Oscars have not arrived and we're still in... Um, pretty much um, Star Wars mode. I'm just waiting for the next week is when the big ones come out. We thought, why not watch Netflix's big budget offering? Mm. Bright. Bright. Right. Um, Bright. Simon. Where to start? Yes, can you tell me briefly, if someone's flicking through and they click on the box of Bright, how would the sort of the general um, information about the what would it say about the film? I think telling you briefly is where I'm going to be hamstrung here. What is the elevator pitch for Bright in a world where orcs are just mingling with people in the metropolitan Los Angeles area? The first orc police officer becomes embroiled in a fantastical cat-and-mouse thriller chase for a mystical item whilst Will Smith is also there. Yes. Will Smith will be playing the same character (laughs) you've seen him play multiple times, only this time he has a moustache. That's true, actually. He does have a moustache, doesn't he? That is a real big... How is... Uh, that's what they said in their late. It's a real character yeah. choice for him. Yeah. How is the Will Smith character going to be different? Okay, we're going to give him a moustache. That's more New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they, they travel. Yeah. They, the they, big wigs. It's, it's already New York, LA. They, they, they've flown over. Yeah, 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 maybe. They've just popped in to sort of offer some guidance on stuff. That's how you tell he's different from all the other characters. The moustache, and it, it, it was quite incredible. There's a change in the character that, that allowed him to... I will say this. Um, will Smith say this. Yeah, I'll allow it. Can you say that again? But say, I will Smith say this. I will Smith say this. <laughs> I sound, uh, literally, I sound like Muttley. I'm sorry, um, excuse me, everyone. I'd like to know um, about the preponderance 
or the proliferation of moustaches in the Los Angeles Police Department. Because what they does are preponderance mean? It doesn't mean proliferation. <laughs> it's preponderance that made it work, right? Sure. What? Last time I was on here, wasn't there? I, I have a made-up word. There's no screening for that, and this is allowed. I mean, this is a sort of um, what's the word? For preponderance. You can. Uh, we allow that. I watched the Box of Delights recently. What's that? It is the 1980s BBC. Oh, yes. thing You might have just caught, been slightly too young for, which was uh, everyone used to watch before Christmas, and some of the words in that were brilliant, such as instead of kidnapping. They used the word scrubbled. Oh, they did just make up words. Yeah, splendiferous is one. I feel like that might have snuck in now. Preponderance. Noun. The quality or fact of being greater in number, quantity or importance. Okay, so maybe it, right. maybe it did work in that in that sentence. They do. I mean, policemen... You what would... I'm saying is a lot of LAPD officers appear to have tashes, or at least they do in David Ayer films. Uh, I remember things... I remember... Th- seeing some sort of documentary and a lot of them seem to have moustaches. It's a weird choice, isn't it? I don't know what... Is it? Is there some kind of undercurrent? Is there a weird backstory there? And it makes them look slightly right-wing and intolerant as well. Well, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It's a sort of power thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's arguably not super relevant. To the I mean, film. we've gone off on a matter, quite a few tangents as usual. Yeah. Um, so this is basically like someone's gone, all right, let's take the Tolkien... A fancy world. Imagine that in Los Angeles in yes. a sort of slight future. It's like it's futuristic. No, I think it, I feel like it's set now. It's sort of more. Let's impose like a Tolkien fantasy world on an LAPD cop thriller through the sort of veil of a racial allegory. Now that for me is it's, a, it's quite a long. But so as usual, every single bloody film that comes out is a at least two hours long these days which is bullshit um, <laughs> I don't know how long it was it was it feels around two hours yeah that's going to be my punt um, I can tell you when I look up in it in please two seconds okay um, live googling from Marek there I'll Phil Phil Smith Phil that's quite that's another good one <laughs> so Joe Edgerton plays the orc I mean they're both I mean they're both very good it's one hour 57 minutes um, they're both good actors but the problem is with this I found and probably you fam as well, is that the whole sort of racial allegories but was so clumsy. It's quite heavy-handed, yeah. Oh, quite being an understatement. Yeah. Heavy-handed I mean, or spoon-fed. Absolutely spoon-fed. Yeah. yeah. But this was a... F- I think this was, this is more than a film you imagine, I imagine Netflix making sort of superhero films, but at least more... I found this more interesting than a lot of the action superhero films. So, for the first hour, I thought, oh, this is bollocks, this is quite, this is just really two dimensional characters, and the whole idea of this, them trying to find this magic wand is weird. But then, strangely, even though it has been, the Metacritic score is 29, and it's been, I found myself quite enjoying it. Yeah. I, like, I, prior to watching it, had only heard the kind of headlines and Twitter sound bites, yeah. of, of which some of them were the worst film of the year, yeah. that kind of thing. And I, I think I looked on Rotten Tomatoes and saw, I don't know if it still is or if it even was at the time, the biggest difference between the critic score and the audience score. Like the critic score oh, was really? like 
seventeen percent. I can tell you. So yes. So at the moment, on the tomato meter, Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, twenty-seven percent critics, and the audience one when I looked at it was in the high eighties. Eighty-seven. I mean, that is a cavernous gap between yeah. what what sixty whole percent. It's almost literally win election. You could win an election on that. You could if you wanted to. If you gain power, you could become you become a powerful man. You, well, you could become a powerful man. I don't think. I think we can all agree you shouldn't. Why? It's largely your. Um, it's because I've talked trigger about, finger. I've talked about public executions pre- on the two both, previous, both previous podcasts yeah. and and I, this one. I executed the man who's. Who's, who's just for smelling a, a differently abled man was executed before this podcast even began in what some people might call an advert which was supposed oh, to be oh, right. selling a product and idea you summarily executed the, the, the star of that advert so you think that her uh, film project in addition to that they might not be over the moon with that as a sort of as the picture that is painted they might rescind their £7.50 sponsorship uh, right. Any hoops? To oh, my point. Oh God! So there's a sixty percent gap between what the critics thought of it and what the audience thought of it, and I had I've I never seen a film with such a huge difference, and I think I tweeted something to that. Um, oh really? Intent, and a couple of different people replied that I know, going, I just watched it. I thought it was all right, so I thought I'm going to take a punt on it, and I watched it with um, my mum and dad and brother. In fact, oh, what did they think over of it? Christmas? I think we all were kind of like, yeah, that yeah, was all right. Uh, is it one of those, I was expecting it to be so bad, and at the start, I think that's the thing, I think how people give it bad ratings is a lot of people, you would have watched the first half an hour and gone, oh, this is, this is just um, bollocks. Yeah. And it's not my sort of film, it's an action film, but I thought at least it was more inventive than a lot of the action films. I mean, George Jones, I think, is a really great actor, and it all captures a bit, it's a bit cartoony, I suppose. Yeah. Is it based on a graphic novel? I assume it is. Because I feel like it's such a high concept that it, it felt like it's come from something. Um, I think ultimately, if you're going into this film, you've just got to leave a lot of shit at the door. You've just got to kind of not be like, Ugh, I get yeah, I get it, guys. It's about race. Or be like, oh, it's so ridiculous, there's wizards in it. Like, I think you've just got to go in going, I'm just going to just enjoy a sort of cop thriller with fantastical overtones. I, I wonder how um, they must have Netflix access to all the sort of algorithms of what age groups watch and what oh, people yeah. watch. They know, so they must have, They, I'm assuming, when they, this was 90 million budget, so. You uh, think it's like art by committee? Like they've well, gone, I wonder if they've gone. Oh, right, people fan, like fan, fantasy, people like, fan, yeah. fantasy, like action films. There isn't this sort of action fantasy crossover, and there's nothing. I don't think it's for my age group. I mean, action films are the biggest selling, as we know, by proliferation of action films at the cinema. They're the big thing because they, they globally, you could the scripts aren't that. You can translate them easily because it's just basically people shooting and calling people arseholes rather than uh, the nuances of of. of particular languages which is hard to sort of yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I didn't think it was that bad I'd be intrigued to know 
what the gestation of it was. Is it like a script that's been banging around for ages? Is it a graphic novel? Or Have Netflix did Netflix made... type in what are the things that people watch on Netflix? Because you are right, because all, there's so much, like, and I'm a huge fan of a lot of it, but like straight to video action movies, they pop up on Netflix and people must watch them. Mm. The amount of, the fact that Steven Seagal even still has a career is testament to that. I that love, them, I love for them to release their, obviously they won't because it, that is so that's valuable. It, yeah, that's their um, Colonel Sanders secret recipe, isn't it? Yeah. And whether we see these films and whether, because if it was just an art channel or art house films, then they would specifically make, you know, they would, you'd get films you would want to watch, but now they're going to make, because Okja was a very strange choice for a film. I'm very surprised that that got a budget. Yeah. But they do seem to be films with a conscience because this did have that sort of racial message and Okja was a bit sort of the whole, what, almost like a pro-vegan Yeah, I still message. haven't watched it. There's something that's stopping me from watching it. I don't know why. It doesn't, it's not, doesn't super appeal to me. And I'm not, I can't put my finger on why. Mm. Is it the guy, the Korean dude who's done a bunch of other, did you do The Host? Or the good, the bad, and the weird. I mean, you're asking someone with literally the memory of a goldfish. But I know, but luckily, it, he's luckily on the computer. He has access to his laptop. <laughs> yeah, John Ho Bong. <clears throat> okay. Or known as Bong Hong Jo, sorry, we've got him around. He did. Um, What's in his filmog, please, that I would have seen? Looking at now, Snowpiercer, he wrote. Oh, yes, have seen Snowpiercer, enjoyed that, actually. Oh, that looked good, I never got around to seeing that. Um, so he wrote and directed that. Yeah, uh, the Host, yeah. you're right, correct, well done. Thank you. And uh, other ones... Host, the Host is good as well. So it, that's two two films from his back catalogue that I've enjoyed, so I should just watch it, really, and stop being such a prick about everything. Yeah, stop being such a prick. I mean, that's a, that's a general message. If anything's, if anyone's going to take anything home from this podcast, I'd like it to be that. Um, I mean, a lot of people are probably shouting that at the moment. Stop being, a, stop being a prick, Simon. It's 2018. You can leave it behind. I don't think we've got any Birmingham listeners. No. If we do, if, if we do have any... Alienate them very quickly with that. Um, so, what are we saying about Bright? I will say this. It's very well made. I mean, it's got a $90 million budget, mm. right? It looks great. David Ayer can shoot the shit out of an LAPD story. He's made about nine films about the LAPD. Mm. And I will say this, prior to Suicide Squad, which I have not seen, I do like, without reserve, almost every single other film he's made. Mm. So I'm coming in going, well, this guy can make a cop thriller. I wasn't... Super sold on the fantasy stuff, but I did, like you, come around to it. I think the one thing that jarred for me was just that the, and this isn't a spoiler, the, the mystical object that they're all after is they just, it's just called a magic wand. Yeah, it's, it feels as though a child has. Yeah. It's just called what? Just called wands. I would just love to have been in the meeting where they were like, um, should we give it like a cool name or something? Yeah, Excalibur. Just look at look at the old names of. Um, yeah. I don't call it Excalibur, but that's that's the sort of name it should have had. But just like give it a cool name, and then maybe they're like, you know what, Rasta. You know what the coolest name would be? We just called it a magic wand, because that in a film where that is very very violent and adult, and it's full of swearing and graphic violence. Every time someone says magic wand, it just feels like a Disney film. I felt exactly the same. <clears throat> that made me. There is a sort of comical element to it that. 
that undercuts the violence and the <coughs> political message. Comical, funny rather than comic book. Well, I was, all the way through it, I thought this is aimed at 13 and 14 year olds. Yeah. Agree. Although it is, I would say it's like an R rated film. Yeah, but they I don't watch, know how they rate things on Netflix. They're watching um, pornos now all the time, and these kids have seen loads of bad stuff. Are they? I presume they're watching it non stop. Do you, do, you, do you email them to them? Or? No, I've got no. I like to uh, underline that I've got no contact with. Uh, any any teenagers to argue Let's what make I'm that doing. very clear. It. I mean, I don't mind public executing, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, but to be yeah, yeah. associated with that is a it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Simon. No, that's fine. Um, and you're technically not even allowed within two hundred yards of the line. Three so. meters. Three three <laughs> meters. Okay, that's his reach. Um, so yeah, I suppose you are right. It is aimed at teenage boys. Um, and yet, it, it's they haven't made it like a PG thirteen. It's not like there's no blood. It's very graphic. I'm fascinated where to go. I mean, for me, the really fascinating thing we've touched on is the difference between. I would give it five or six Mariks. Okay. And but the difference between the audience score and the critics rating of six is they've clearly got something right. Uh, well, I suppose yeah, and maybe that speaks to Netflix's algorithm or it. it it underlines how out of touch critics are, or maybe just that that's why you're a film critic, because you're super nerdy about film. I wonder if Transformers it, isn't for you. If it had been on any other platform, so if it had been released if in the cinema... On movie. Yeah, or not been a Netflix thing, yeah. whether they the treatment to it would have been different, and I, I think it would have been. Yeah, perhaps. Um... I don't know, but if it had been released at the cinema, would that have given it any more cachet or would it have just been like, what a turkey? Because also there's no box office to report back on. So you can't ever say whether it's a success. The only people who sort of empirically know are Netflix. Well, which is going to be, that's going to be the case from now on. How are films going to be, they just, you just won't know how good, but in a way it's quite good because you can't tell the box office. You just Well, a sequel's already been greenlit. Oh, really? Yeah. So they must be happy with it. Or, again, they've got so much money to shit out that they're just like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it's a huge tentpole movie for us. Yeah. We've got Will Smith in a straight-to-Netflix yeah. movie. It is, like, I, they're changing the game. That is, I think that is a big statement. You've got probably the you know, top five Hollywood A-listers, and he's gone straight, it's a straight-to-Netflix thing, he's yeah. starring it. But it's like I saw an interview with him where he was talking about why he did it, and he, you know, he's got like two kids who you need the money. You might—I don't know if you're aware of them, but they're um, they're struggling a little bit, and they're not um, hugely successful in their own right. But I guess he just see—he was like, I—they watch films on their laptops and on their phones. They don't really go to the cinema, mm. so I'm, and it's quite a shrewd move by him, I guess. He's a, he's aging. He's grown a moustache. He's trying to stay relevant. That's the story. More really. Grow a moustache. Stop making things on the internet. Well, I think we've both tried sort of tackled that in the last yeah well, couple of years. Yeah, haven't yeah, we? yeah, definitely. I've yeah. grown out a little uh, a little beard, and um, we've both been putting out a lot of orc based action adventures. If you want to look at our internet footage, you can go to YouTube. And follow Marek Larwood or Simon Fielder, F-E-I-L-D-E-R. Thanks so much. Please add to our subscribers. 
because people don't normally subscribe. True. And it's really annoying. Yeah. And it makes you think, oh, I'm just going to stop making stuff because no point. Or just like um, make a vlog where you just hang out in New York with other people who make vlogs. Do that. That seems to be the way to uh, to be successful on YouTube these days. Bloody Sounds insane. a bit bitter that though, doesn't it? No right. need. Normal. No need to end it on that note. How many Simons would you give um, Bright? I think I will give it six Simons. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I think it's. Um, it's in, I just think it's. He's. I'm really intrigued as to what films Netflix produces off the back of this. I think it can only be a good thing, can't it? Well, it's, it's Netflix funding big budget Hollywood movies. It's you know stuff that maybe would it have made it to the cinema? I mean, arguably with Will Smith it would have, but I don't know. If you just watch that, so I've got this six six pound Netflix on one screen thing. Yeah. If you just watch that, mm-hmm. if I'd gone to the cinema to see that, it would have cost you double that. Yeah. Maybe. Fifty even a matinee, fifteen quid. So if, we, if I'd taken us both to go to cinema <sighs> to watch that. You're looking at 22 pounds. So it's another classic cost-cutting Plus exercise popcorn. for the podcast. I mean, this is, yes. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Now I've ruined our sponsorship, but definitely... <laughs> all I, the future... I po- need to really future podcasts. cutting back. I just... This week, we'll be catching up on um, the original House of Cards series on the BBC iPlayer, because we do TV now. Well, oh, incidentally, if you would like to write in or donate to help this podcast... Now I've lost a sponsorship. It would be really pleasing. You go to filmfundango.com, click on contact for your letters, or click on donate, where you can donate to help fund trips to cinema and the costs and everything involved in making this high-quality podcast. Anyone who has, I deeply appreciate it. I really wish there were more of you. Uh, uh, for anyone who has thank you very much and um, you're very kind and is much appreciated I think that's a good segue into this Sam would you like to read that out I would love to please don't drop my computer this is a very long letter from Francesca Subject, Tom Tuck and Porgs. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm intrigued. Carry on. Hello, first order of business. On the last Jedi episode, for the first few minutes he spoke, Tom sounded uncannily like David Reed. So much so, I genuinely thought it was David for a few moments, playing a little joke, doing a weirdly subtle character. Pretty, Pretty textbook read, actually. It was not that at all, and I'm worried I'm just being a stupid American. No such thing. Second order of business. Much to my husband's consternation, I found The Last Jedi interminable. We love movies, but hate to pay babysitters, so we go to movies separately. That sounds like the sort of thing that you would do. Yeah, good good fun, yeah. Yeah. He's a major Star Wars enthusiast and was delighted by the film. When I went the next day, the film started with, I don't know, people in spacesuits shooting at each other, and I was suddenly reminded that, as a rule, I don't like space battles. I would say that is probably your first error going into a Star Wars. But it continues. It's a long letter. I did preface it with that. Which, honestly, means I ought to steer clear of a franchise called Star Wars. Yeah, I preempted it. At any rate, I don't want to just spew bile. As much as I don't care for space battles, 
I am rather fond of cute things. Setting aside the pointlessness of Porgs, and so much of this dumb movie, it says in brackets, and I would agree with the pointlessness, it's just a merchandising thing anyway, but hello. I did think they were... Uh, uh, I did think they were adorable, a fact only bolstered by this bit of trivia I learned about their reason for the inclusion in the film. Apparently, the island the Luke story took place on is overrun with puffins, and rather than digitally remove them, Ryan Johnson decided to digitally alter the puffins into little porgs, which somehow makes them even cuter to me. There, that should have taken up quite a bit of podcast time. <laughs> You're welcome. Long-time listener, brackets, but not bragging, but kind of bragging. Francesca. Thank you, Francesca. That's a really good fact. That's a, a smashing letter, actually, because everything I tried to sort of uh, chip in, she, uh, she already nailed. It was someone who could actually think about what they're going to say, as opposed to me. And that fact really um, sort of undermined my, my sniping yeah. on the porgs as well. And it has changed my sort of approach, I guess. My changed my life. It changed your life, Simon. It's changed 2018 for the better. Porgs, that is... I would love it if Kevin Spacey was replaced by a pork <laughs> in that film with Christopher, all the money in the world. That would be... I mean, that would be the marketing coup of the century just to have, actually, with... We've decided to replace um, him with a pork. Great facts, though. Yeah, great facts. Thanks for that, Francesca. Uh, if I watch The Last Jedi again, I will watch it differently. I think they should have just left the puffins in there and just flogged puffins. I suppose. Puffins are brilliant birds. Yeah. You can't really create it. Some animals are really cute. Sloths. Mm-hmm. Lorises. Have you seen lorises? No, what's a like, like a sloth type thing. Okay. Hedgehogs. Yeah, cute. It's the face, isn't it? Toucans are great as well. Yeah. Puffins. These are great birds. You think, oh, you made a pork, but do you know what? Puffins is... Yeah, but other people can make puffins, whereas only Lucasfilm can make porks. They could just change the beaks to green or something. Yeah, change the beaks to green. Here's another letter. It's from Francesca again. What? Francesca Scalici. She must have thought, do you know what? I'm going to really help them pad out this podcast. This... It's on the same day, so you probably thought I hear something else. Recommendations. Hi, friends. Here is an unsolicited recommendation. The clunkily titled Three Billboards Outside of Ebbings, Missouri. Um, Francis McDormand brings it as per usual, or brings it as per usual. But where she really shines, I mean, the quieter moments of the film, um, uh, there's one short scene. It isn't even a high drama where she lives a very simple line so kindly it makes me tear up just to think of it. But the very best part of this movie was that I had no idea where it was going, how it would end. It was the first time in a long time that I was riveted by a plot. Conversely, I, Tonya, was really great, despite the fact it is a story where we all know how it ends. It's a testament to the performances and the very visceral storytelling that it was gripping despite knowing where it was heading. Hope you watch and enjoy them. Oh, and and also second best recommendation of Disaster Artist, I hadn't actually seen The Room, but knew enough about the backstory to follow the movie just fine. Francesca. I mean, these two films aren't out here in the UK. Three Bullboards is literally coming out right now, I believe. I think it's out this Friday. Yeah. Well, when this podcast is out, but obviously you have to record it a couple of days beforehand. Yeah. So these are all Oscar bait ones. So we will. I will be going to see Three Beanbags. Three Beanbags. And also I, Tonya, which is the Tonya Harding ice skating drama. Yes, and we all know how that ends. Dancing on Ice. Um, yeah. Good, actually, having American listeners, because um, 
they can often get the films, you know, a little bit earlier. So it's like a little heads up, isn't it? Yes. Thanks, Francesca. What else you got? Um, here is a message from Dan Rogers. Subject zombies. Hi, American. Lovely guest. Just wondered if you liked the zombie genre and what your favourite zombie films were. My top three would be Train to Busan. Boom. Warm Bodies and World War Z. I watched Cooties last week. It's a comedy horror where the zombies are schoolchildren under 10 with a different spin on a possibly worn out genre. It starred Elijah Wood and they got a few Hobbit jokes in there so I was happy. It passed 90 minutes quite easily. Give it a watch. You have nothing better to do. Keep answering the questions. Darren. And so I think the zombie genre has probably peaked The Walking Dead. There was a moment when all zombie films were good zombie films. Yeah. I think The Walking Dead has run its course as well, but people will insist on continuing to watch it. Um, I think it was when they made 28 Days Later, they <coughs> realised there was a gap in the market for zombie films. Yeah. I um, recently watched Train to Busan. I thought it was excellent. Yes, it is a good film. Very much enjoyed it. Uh, have not seen Warm Bodies. That's the one with your man from Skins in, isn't it? <laughs> He's also been in some other things since then. Yes, I'm not, I've not seen it. Um, and have seen World War Z. I thought it was fine. I was, I'm surprised it's not that's three. in his top three zombies. Yeah. Because you, you literally, you've got... I mean, Shaun of the Dead... That's a great one. Well, not the Living Dead, the classic. Okay, yeah. Start and with the classics. The uh, mall one is that Day of the Dead or Dawn? Oh, okay, it's one of them, there. isn't it? The mall one is the classic one, I think. I love that one. I think that's great. And I think the remake of that. Is yes, also the remake is good, excellent. actually. Um, what about stuff like Brain Dead? Peter Jackson's Brain Dead. You know, that's a lot of fun. I've only seen bits of that. Um, Very fun stuff back in the uh, 90s or the 2000s, whenever. Yeah, been. World War Z, I would definitely not have in my um, top ones. Uh, Zombieland, I thought was very good. Like Zombieland, a great deal, actually. Yeah, that, these are all very more recent zombies that have uh, been. I excellent. think, and I think tw- tw- I don't know if I 20 like, days tw- later, it's great. I, well, I really like 28 weeks later as well. Okay. Um, did you see The Girl with All the Gifts? Yeah. Uh, no, I read the book. Is it good? I would like to see that film, which I believe is a zombie film. I, I think it got quite poor reviews, because the book was quite good, but it was a bit like a, a, an apocalypse uh, zombie film, where you sort of know all the plot. There seemed to be that wave in, in I think, following Hannibal Lecter, and then the, the whole, what was that, that guy who was um, the serial killer series, Dexter. Oh, yeah. But before, and then they realised people actually like monsters, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, the sort of wave of the monster being a cool character. I suppose Teen Wolf was an, an, an example. <laughs> not really, of the monster being yeah. an interesting. You sympathise with the monster because we're so TV literate, right? And like now Frankenstein, the Monster Squad. Yeah, so see, I think that has now been over. It's no longer a niche new thing. It's quite. Yeah. Yeah, people still still keep churning them out, don't they? The old zombies, the old zombie movies. You know, Train to Busan wasn't wasn't like they were different zombies, but it was just very well handled. How do you, what do you think of the fast zombie slow zombie debate? Yeah, tough one, isn't it? I mean, both good when they're done well. I don't, I don't really. Oh, there's fast zombie, which was twenty eight days later, is very good. Um, Busan, I, they're fast as well. Yeah, aren't they? I think. The idea that they run faster than they would do when they're human beings. I just don't buy the whole blood. I don't buy the logic of it. 
Oh right, okay. But up to that, up to them being reanimated corpses. Well, they're reanimated, but then they sort of they look lifeless. So you think obviously there's a circulation problem there. Yeah, but that's the first. Let's let's track down the. Let's work symptom by symptom. And we see if we can fix them. You see a zombie. They've got big bags under the eyes. Their skin's falling apart. And they're very very pale. So you think they're not. That blood isn't, and it's not. Their brains are working possibly. They're tired, dehydrated. Yes. So the fact that they're going to sprint for a long time, I find very unbelievable. Yeah. This slow zombie was a much better. Maybe it was too slow. To whom it may concern, I would like to have an accurately paced zombie for crying out loud. So you're looking. This is your zombie film has neither the lolloping slow ones nor the sprinters. They're just walking at a medium pace. The original zombies were too slow. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then you can see if anyone like it follows, shows that slow can be very scary. I've still not seen it follows yet. Such a simple idea. Okay, so your gap in the market, average pace zombies. I would just say to the zombie actors, all right, so you're at zombie auditions. Pick you, it up a bit, mate. Have you seen there's some clips on the internet of people auditioning for The Walking Dead and things like that? No. <laughs> I'm sure I saw something where there's just crowds of people and they're going for a casting and they're all sort of oh, a bit like a dancing, you know, you go for these dancing sort yeah. of auditions, but they're all doing zombie walking, something really show, showing off and doing too much. It's just brilliant seeing people, desperate actors, being zombies at a different sort of paces of zombies and right. things. Like everyone's made their decision in their head. This yeah, is you what need I'm, to this do what I'm, how I'm going to stand out. Yeah, I'm going to do the old net net. Neck twitch. My well, arm's going to go a bit wonky. A little. I mean, a lot of them are a bit too much Dan, like Daniel Day-Lewis in My Left Foot. Right. Can you say that? Probably. The original zombie movie. Well, you could. <laughs> there is an argument. What's That's the sound of the sponsor 100% leaving. Okay, great. I've listened to some other podcasts recently and they, and I, they were being really offensive. I thought, I don't need to hold back so much, do I? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, I'll leave that up to the listeners, I suppose. Yes. Do you... What? <laughs> As a listener, how offensive do you, <laughs> do you find this podcast too offensive? Would you want... Do you want less offensive, really offensive, or are we looking for the medium-paced offensive yeah, zombie? Yeah, the same as well, A few people have said America's a bit near knuckle at some point. So I probably have been there today, but that's real life, isn't it? 2018, New Year's resolution. Sorry, let's take, let's take everyone back a few years. <laughs> um... Should we have another message? Let's go for it. Here is a message from... I'm not going to do the quiz section today, so we're just going to finish on the messages. Great. Um, Simon uh, Iberson, or Iberson, he has... The subject is, watch some flipping Studio Ghibli. Some flipping Ghibli. You're not watching Studio Ghibli. Um, Dear American Random. I mean, that's a little bit disrespectful. I think at this point saying random you may as well say Dear American Simon because the chances are like at this You're point one in three isn't yeah it? I keep hearing how you and other guests have been stymied <laughs> in their IMDB score by Japanese stuff from Studio Ghibli ridiculous it's so worth it my unsolicited advice is to start with my neighbour Totoro then Ponyo and then Spirited Away what I like most is just how they're fairy tales but told with a completely different cultural vocabulary they're unpredictable and frequently batshit mental. Do it. I'll keep watching the films. Peace out. Um, I think I have seen Spirited Away a long time ago. And I can't really... I've seen a couple of them. I've seen the house one. Some house... Uh, Hell's Moving Castle. Yes. 
and I really didn't like it. I'm sad to say I have not seen any of them, and I'm, I mean, you can. I think I deserve to be called random at this point, based on that. Apologies. I have seen a lot of other Asian cinema, though. Maybe we just, should have we should have a, a Studio Ghibli week. Maybe I find I don't engage as well with animation. Yes, me too. And so that's what that's why up until the last couple of years, I've hardly seen any Disney Pixar films, which a lot of people pull me up on. And it's also why historically, when I got into Asian cinema, I didn't really get into um, manga anime. I think that's uh, that's just continued. So I'll I'm not really going of... to. I have seen Akira though, which is at the, the artwork is, is jaw dropping. I've seen Akira. I've seen Ghost in the Shell. Mm. I've seen Fist of the North Star. I've seen Urukutsuki Doji, Legend of the Overfiend. Do you speak Japanese? I did then. Good mate. Thank you. Um, which was the one that everyone watched in their teenage years, and it was the first one where they were like. Oh, there's naked ladies in this. Oh, sex manga. And there's weird, like, just penis laser, and it's, it's just mad. Penis lasers? There's not a penis laser, but there there's, might be, like, a tentacle or some weird stuff happens. That, it's not for I me. I don't understand that whole tentacle stuff. It's not really for me. Where does it come from? Japanese tentacles or weird Right Write in. Maybe write in. If you're into tentacle porn... Writing, how you got into it? <laughs> oh, well, I don't. I don't really want. Do you set up a separate email address. Yeah, they probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast, would they? There's yeah. probably other podcasts that are more tentacle centric. Yeah. Well, I didn't do the quiz because I thought you'd done it a couple of times already, and I thought you probably needed a break. Yeah. I'm all quizzed out between Christmas and playing that HQ app that's taking the world by storm. What is that? It's a live quiz show on your phone. Wow. Yeah, I'll show it to you after this. Well, that's something to look forward to. Well, I suppose I'd better take you out to get some food then. I would never say no to a free lunch. And that's recorded, so... Why not follow us on um, on Twitter or Instagram or at Marek Lowood or at Simon Fielder? It is still Fielder, yeah. Um, also, I've been listening to quite a lot of podcasts and they all say this. I need your rate and review in the so iTunes people, store. So that might, so if you do like this podcast, I mean, don't write it. This is a lot of shit. I, I mean, I, there's, I don't see the point in writing a bad review. But if you've listened to this, if now, you get to this point and then you just like, oh, I expected it was going to be completely different when I read that two comedians were going to talk about film. I think this is fully on brand for that. One of my... Uh, what did we say earlier? Stop being a prick about everything. Well, my friend said they listened to... This is a good way of going to sleep. I mean, I can't see how that would be possible. <laughs> no. If you chance. have just woken up and you hate this podcast <laughs> and listen to it while going to sleep, why not go to iTunes and just rate it and review it and see if we get any more listeners. That's Apparently it's supposed to help. I don't know. I don't... I don't care about anything anymore. That's not... You can't end the podcast like that, Marek. It's 2018. <laughs> it's 2018. On. Go for it. Believe in everything. I mean... Not everything. No, I think actually everyone says oh, you can never do anything you want. Just do something nice for well, someone else. E.g. Pop over to iTunes, give this a five-star review, and write um, 
like a nice review of it. What you like about then, it. Then you can think, oh, I've done that review. I need to do it for 2018. That's it. You'll feel that you've achieved something. And also, that is much cheaper than donating actual money. But in the long term, if it boosted up the iTunes charts, maybe... We can get, I say we, I mean, Marek can get a new oh, sponsor. If you do do actual money, then I won't have to go and work for my little brother chopping down trees on some rich person's estate in the woods. I don't think you should tell members of the public that sort of thing. Why? It's too, it's too, it goes right into, right into real life Marek. There we go. It's there a real go. window into a world. It is real life. Fingers crossed we'll get um, a new sponsor. Maybe Squarespace will hop in. Hang on, I like the sponsor. No, we're not, an, uh, like an additional sponsor. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, this is... I mean, you can offend them at the beginning and the middle of each podcast. Uh, we could, yeah. Well, well, thank you for listening. And if you do one thing this year... Keep watching the films! Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.